You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. Before we get to the show, we're going to get you a deal on kettlebells. So, this is where we get our kettlebells, greatlakesgearia.com. And for American friends, us.greatlakesgearia.com. And they make great quality kettlebells at great prices. The handles are awesome. Um, If you ever used kettlebells before, you know how important that is. And um, they have weights. There's too many choices. (laughs) Just too many. Um, But what's great is if you go to checkout and use the code LIVEWILD, you'll save 5%. Um, and that's a big deal because right now a lot of places don't even have any kettlebells. These guys have them coming out their ears. They're happy to ship them to you. Great guys to deal with. And uh, in addition to the kettlebells, they've got all sorts of other fitness equipment, including barbells, dumbbells, weighted maces, all the fun stuff. So go to greatlakesgearia.com, promo code LIVEWILD, and save yourself 5%. Welcome back, folks. You can hear in the background, we are not recording in our usual quiet little kitchen studio. Um, We are at the famous Miguel's Pizza in, I guess, would you call it like Slade? Slade, yeah. Yeah. You know, Slade's just around the corner. Mm -hmm. Um, And our guest today is Dario Ventura. Uh, Now, I have a question um, we'll start it off this way. Okay. Uh, who's Miguel's named after? Miguel's is named after my father, uh, which was also the name of his father. And I think also his father. So it's a long Portuguese name that's been passed down <laughs> on the male side. Uh, strong Miguel's in this in this family. So, sure. so then basically you're like second generation... Uh, yeah, I'm second generation, yeah, to America for sure. And uh, the Miguel name always skipped a generation. So, like, if I have a son, I would need to name him uh, Miguel. And then uh, my then the next kid would be Dario in repeating. And it's always been that way through our family for some reason. Well, it makes it easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I won't claim, cre- you know, a whole lot of creativity there, but yeah. it's easy. <laughs> You know, you just need a little chart, write it on the wall, and there you go. So I'm, I, yeah, technically, I guess I'm uh, Dario Jr. My grandfather was Dario. My dad's Miguel, and then his grandfather was Miguel. Okay. Put it in all. Are you the oldest of your siblings? I am the oldest. Yeah, no, and there's I, three of you? Yeah, I have a, a younger sister who uh, lives in Louisville, and then I have a young, the youngest brother who works here with me at Miguel's. So for those who don't know... Um, Miguel's is a institution in the Red River Gorge. Um, uh, you know, I started coming here like, I don't know, 25 years ago. Last time I was here is like 15 to 20 years ago. Um, and everybody, you know, it's called Miguel's Pizza, but it really is so much more than that. Yeah, yeah. It's um, kind of transcended over the years. Um, so let's just sort of go through like, Okay, you've got a pizza restaurant up front. Um, there's a campground. Yep. Uh, there's rooms for rent. 
There's cabins for rent. Before you go on, how many campsites? Because can you accommodate? Because it's quite well, large. Uh, endless. I mean, I don't think we've ever sold out, but yeah, two to three hundred tents, easy. Yeah, and uh-huh. you've got forty acres here, yep. right? Yeah, forty acres. Just give you an idea of size. Yeah. Um, and it it's kind of a unique thing because for anybody who's climbed around North America, there aren't a lot of places I can think of that end up being the hub right you know like you see somebody in a miguel's t-shirt um going through the you know mccarran airport in las vegas and you know they're a rock climber right yeah oh (laughs) for sure yeah it's it's like a uh, call sign anywhere you go in the world as as oh that person's been there and done that and camped in their tent or dirtbagged in their car kind of thing yeah uh and I think a lot of people find connection with this place because, you know, it's grown with the demand. Uh, so I'm sure you know, 25 years ago, it was, you know, we only had like an acre of camping and none of these buildings. And every year, as more people have enjoyed this place, we've just kind of, oh, we need more space for camping or we need another shower or, you know, we need more bathrooms or and so every year it's just kind of growed as the area's seen growth. So like yourself, I think people have a lot of nostalgia when they come back and they mm-hmm. go, hey, I remember when this place was not as big as it is now. And, then, yeah. and that seems to always recycle, you know. It's just like people hopefully will come back now in 10 years and be like, hey, I remember when it wasn't that big. And you're like, well, it was kind of big then. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause, and I guess that's the thing. Like take us back to the beginning because you grew up here. Yeah. Um, uh what was this, you know, like basically how did, you know, some immigrants decide they wanted to order up, open a pizza place in, you know, rural Kentucky. And then it became a climbing mecca. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I've told the story a few times, but I, I, I feel like sometimes it differs every time. But well, that's no, a good story. <laughs> that's a good story. <laughs> no, I think, you know, at, at that time in my life, my dad was... Uh, you know, he's he was a free spirit. He was a he's an artist. He was kind of in California, kind of finding his way, um, doing a lot of. My dad's a really good artist, um, all kinds of mediums, and he, uh, you know, was just kind of looking for some way to make a life. You know, like so many people that come through here, you know, yeah, there might be rock climbers, but they're they're trying to find direction and like find where they're going to land, kind of thing. Um, and he had just a friend, you know, that was looking for kind of a similar thing uh and you know in 1983 uh slade kentucky was kind of this off the beaten i mean extremely off the beaten path place where you know you know fifty thousand dollars between 10 people was you could get a lot of land you know Mm -hmm. and and at that time uh new england was kind of seeing a uh like a surge of kind of money coming from the big cities and kind of pushing out people and so it was kind of like they could they they had a little one bedroom house there and they could sell it and you know start this new life here. I'm I still remember there's there's this old photo that we have of like the day my parents pulled in here on this parking lot and it was like they had a I think it was a 74 GMC flatbed truck and then a trailer and literally everything they owned was on that truck. It was like mm-hmm. a canoe and like <laughs> they just loaded up on this truck and trailer and drove here. Um, and you know, the, the, the concept started out as this kind of like commune type 
living where everyone kind of ha- had their own piece of land and they did their own thing and you know um but then reality kind of kicked in and people are like well we got to make a living and you know one 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 of the guys ended up going to med school and actually becoming a doctor uh the other one uh, became a massage therapist uh the other one actually passed away and so you know it just kind of all worked out and there was this what is miguel's now was this real i mean condemned building um that was uh an old school kind of famous johnham down store in the community like this weird uh you know like your country store you know but like from way back in the day like 40s it sat here um uh and it was well it was pretty popular the lady that owned it was this local uh, kind of jack of all trades she was a school teacher she was the mortician she <laughs> was the I, I you know she she literally did it all from birth to to death kind of woman um and she owned the jotham down store um and kind of this whole property here uh, but you know as time went on her she died and then the place just kind of went into ruins um and my dad said, well, you know, he was working, uh, honestly, he was shoveling horse shit in Lexington <laughs> at a horse farm, driving to Lexington, uh, cleaning stalls. And, you know, they just said, well, maybe we can do something with this building. So, you know, like any startup, you kind of just do what you can do. It's kind of a hole even when we open, you know, they did the best they could with this rundown building. And we started out serving ice cream. Um uh, and you know, you have to imagine in, in the eighties selling Hagen Doss in, in uh, <laughs> Slade, Kentucky was a little against the grain. Uh, but you know, it actually caught on. We ended up having like twenty three flavors of ice cream, and you know, you'd come here on a busy Saturday in the early nineties, late eighties, we'd have a line out the door of people getting ice cream. Mm-hmm. You know, it was popping. Um, it was like 35 cents a cone. <laughs> uh, we weren't making a ton of money because the profit wasn't very good. Um, the And we, my parents were, at this time, were really involved in kind of the health food mo- movement uh, and had this conscience that they were pumping Eastern Kentucky full of ice cream and... <laughs> literally serving people very unhealthy food at this time we uh at that time miguel's was also a co-op uh so back then with the company's fork but fork which now is i think eventually got bought out by whole foods but at that time if you had a co-op a semi truck would pull up in front of miguel's once a month and it was a 200 dollars minimum order <laughs> And we had like, I, I forget, it was like 15 families, you know, to make this $200 minimum order. Uh, and, you know, every month it was really this cool community thing. You know, everyone in the whole area would come from everywhere, you know, to buy 50 pounds of oats, you know. And, and these were people that literally like, you know, at that time we were living on bulk grain, you know. It was, mm. you know, it was, it was just the way of life. It was totally fine, but... Um, so, you know, that was kind of the vibe, you know, back then. It was real, like, kind of just a small community. Uh, um, and then, you know, climbing just kind of just appeared. <laughs> you know, there was no, 
vision. Oh, we need to be this climbing destination, or we need to cater to these people. You know, we were just anyone that comes through the door. <laughs> you know, back then it was some hikers, uh, some naturalists in the area. Um, but it was it was such a tight knit family. You know, if you came here back then. Uh, you came here every weekend, and we knew you by your first and last name, <laughs> you know, and the, in, there's photos of like, you know, like my seventh, you know, my seventh birthday or something, you know, and it's just a bunch of strangers, really. But yeah. there were people that, you know, I was homeschooled here, so they were just, they were, they were my friends, you know. So, uh, yeah, it was just a real kind of wholesome, tight-knit kind of the most random community ever and it was really like and i think you know you talk to people that now come back you know and moved on in life and i think that's what they embraced about this place is that they would come here and you know just as kind of visiting and then then you know then they were just kind of part of this random kind of misfit crew you know from all walks of life and um and it, and it wasn't forced, you know. It just mm-hmm. kind of just something that was, I don't know, it was almost necessity at that time. You know, we were, my parents were living on, you know, below poverty kind of level at that time. So, you know, we were anything, you know, we just scratching to get by. But um, we, my, they had a huge garden and, uh, you know, it, w- it was, they, we, we loved it. You know, it was, I mean, we had way more free time and mm-hmm. we had a great childhood because we were, you know, you know, it's always with our family and gardening, and uh, yeah, it's. I have no regrets in that. That's probably the best time of my life, I would say. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that I guess that would get us to about 1990. Hmm. That was kind of the landscape then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because basically, uh, it, it's one of those things where, at some point, you know, obviously, uh, the climbers became the whole focus of the place right Um, yeah and you know because it's one of those things like your sign is climbers camping yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) you know yeah yes um yeah and you know and again that's like i we i meet so many people in business that have like you know all it all planned out and and you know we've really just kind of always we're always looking for uh what what it what is needed and uh, it helped my both of my parents are extremely hard workers and embrace that you know the challenge of hard work and uh, you know uh, you know it just is one of those things I mean I don't think we've ever ran advertisements type kind of thing it was just kind of and I think I think people just appreciated that it was people out in the middle of nowhere willing to work hard provide something for them uh, without, you know, reasonably, uh, I mean, I'd say till 2000, you know, it was $2 a night and you slid it under the door and it was very, you know, it was a donation type process, you know, and, uh, it just, you know, you go out in the real world and there's just not many places like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's what it was, you know, it was just this kind of, you know, it's this place that people could go and be rock climbers, and there was, you know, it was kind of their decision on how it played out. We weren't really steering how this place developed. You know, it was just kind of 
we were inside cooking and you know you know i remember when we started really starting to make pizza and we started getting popular you know it'd be a two-hour wait for a pizza on a saturday wow. night yeah we'd probably only have 60 people but our oven held two pizzas <laughs> you know and it was just my mom and dad working you yeah. know we knew all the people they you know back back then climbers would go out to their camper they'd make guacamole they'd make chips they'd come in the restaurant they'd sit down they'd make their own apps pizza they'd get drunk pizza would come out they'd be psyched yeah you know they're middle of nowhere there was nothing else here what else yeah. are they gonna do you know um and it was just that you know it's it was just, just this laid back kind of uh thing on their end, on the other end, my parents were just, you know, working themselves to death. <laughs> so, but they were they were in their what age were they when the climbing community started coming here? Oh God, this is hard math. Uh, my dad's <laughs> seventy now, so that was uh, ninety three to ninety five. So I don't know, fifteen, twenty years ago, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Twenty five uh, years ago. Twenty five years ago. Whew, God. Yeah. I'm getting old. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, no, it was. Uh, you but he know. wasn't too old to say, "Who are these people here?" And you know, right? No, no, he was. You know, my dad is. He, you know, he he can be super stern and get on people just as much as you know. But I think you know he to a lot of even my friends growing up here, you know, because I you know, we all kind of grew up here with all these climbers, and it's you know he was kind of like these father figures to so many climbers, you know, back in the day, you know, he'd be cussing at them for banking a mess on their table but in the same token you know like trying to steer people in the right direction in life uh give them teach them a good work ethic you know all these things that like we've had so many people come back in life and be like hey man that was that was good for me you know like um and god some of the people who work here like their successes in life are mind-blowing you know you're just nice. like whoa <laughs> from a little pizza place in slade you know <laughs> um, and you know and just like marriages and relationships and kids and all that stuff that just spawned out of here and still does uh, is just mind-blowing to me. Uh, and it's just always recycling, you know, like you get all these crusty, you're just like, oh, it's not like it used to be for me, you know? And it's like, well, n you're right, but it is, it's that same experience is happening for someone else now, you know? Like yeah. they're they're building their group of friends and they're, they're meeting new people and you know, and we've only knows it kind of recycles about every four years, you know, like it's like, you know, that whole college crew. Sometimes mm. they make their bonds, they do their weekend warrior trips, you know, and they all grow up, they go in life. But those four years of like them discovering how beautiful the gorge is and the climbing and in the community and making friends is like it's continuous. Right. And it's, it's cool. You know, it's like I could think of a endless amounts of groups of people that were like, you know. It's always changing, you know, mm -hmm. and it's fun to be just stuck in the same spot to watch it. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's almost like you know, you're you're think of it as like a, a high school teacher. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the yeah. Kids keep rotating through, but yeah. you're still there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. because and and it, because you're a climber yourself. Like, when did yep. you start? I started climbing. I started climbing probably when I was about eight or nine. Uh, you know, back when I first started climbing, it was just a bunch of trad climbers. Um, and they were taking me out and with, you know, swami belts and dragging me up scary trad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, it was, as a kid, it was a blast. All my friends were kind of like kids of climbers that would come, you know, they, 
to where our family was homeschooled. So it was like this, you know, back then, you, there wouldn't be a car in the parking lot Monday through Friday, you know. And then Friday night would hit, you know, and people would roll in. My friends would show up, you know, and it was just like this, like, it was such a cool time. Um, and so I would, you know, it would be, I was kind of like, I would climb with my friends on the weekends type thing. And uh, I climbed till about, I guess, seventh grade. Just kind of, you know, nothing. I wasn't like super serious, but I would just, you know, go out with trad guys. It was kind of a, you know, kid climbing type mm-hmm. thing. Yep. Back then there wasn't like climbing teams or, you know, Katie Brown was like the first like girl I knew that climbed, you know, and she ended up being real good. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, it was one of those things. And, you know, and honestly, as a child, like even being around her, like she had this like super structured kind of you know, this weird climbing thing at us as a child that when I looked onto it, I was like, man, that, that doesn't seem fun. Like I wasn't <laughs> into it, you know? Uh, and so, and then I actually got into, uh, running, uh, cause at the time I, Miguel's had not made it really then. And, um, I wanted to go to the college. So I was like, well, I got, I got to climb is not going to pay for college. So I ended up, uh, getting into running and, and, I did that for six, five years, I guess, from about seventh grade till senior year of high school, uh, and ended up having really good success in that. And then ended going to school, anyways. I actually ended didn't end up running in college after all that work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and then once I started, went to college, then I started. You know, one of my good friends. Uh, Alex Brolno, who his father was John Brolno, was kind of one of the original guidebook authors and FAers in the area. His son was one of my college buddies, and we uh, we uh, kind of started. He got me back into climbing, and I've climbed ever since then. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was good though that I did took that time to r- step away from climbing because mm-hmm. even here it's like you know. I was getting off the school bus to climbers. I was waiting for the school bus with climbers. You know, I was just like my entire life just yeah. concentrated with climbing that I needed to kind of get away to appreciate it a little more, you know. Was, mm. At that time, I was like, whoa, <laughs> all I know is climbing, you know. Yeah. And, and as homeschooled, you're a lot more sheltered to yeah. the real world, you know. So. At what point did this area start to draw some bigger names or to the area? Well, I mean, late 90s, you know, the rock trip came, I forget what year that was. It seems forever ago. That was like kind of the big spark, um, you know. And, you know, back then, you know, it was just, you know, a different famous. You know, you met them all. It was <laughs> small enough. Anyone that was a good climber in the world, you knew. They came through the door. You know, Chris Sharma, you named the guy. You know, they came to the Red. You know, you got to meet them. You got to hike them out into the gorge, you know. Uh, but you know, back then it was just like, it was, it was just so much smaller, you know, it's mm-hmm. a whole different thing. And the gorges always kind of had this kind of like laid back, not make a big deal about stuff attitudes. So, uh, yeah, we, well, I think we've been good welcoming stewards. You know, back then it was, you know, it was kind of like, I feel like people are still discovering hearing about the gorge you know mm-hmm. now it seems kind of like a you know run-of-the-mill kind of name but back then it was kind of like you'd still meet people like oh i've never heard of the gorge you know red yeah. river gorge now if you ask a rock climber have you heard of the red gorge of course you know but back there it was kind of like almost 
this little hidden secret, you know. <laughs> yeah, because the thing that a lot of people don't get from a um, geography or uh, geology standpoint, because you know when they think of a gorge, it's like one river, one wall. You know, yeah. maybe both sides of it, but you know, like you, you'd think of that like the Colorado River making the Grand Canyon, right? You know, you've got. But here, it's all of these like side valleys and. Um, like there's crags everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah, you know we we were down um, Miller's Fork yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's like it, it, you're going down, and it basically it's like, uh, well, I I hope we don't get stuck because there ain't no turning around. Yeah, um, and. All of a sudden, you pop out, and then there's a parking lot full of cars, and you wonder how like vans got down there. And yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, because it is gnarly four wheel driving <laughs> to get there. But then you've just got Craig's all over the place in that valley. Yeah, um, yeah. same thing. Like you know, obviously Muir Valley's the outdoor climbing gym. Yep. Right. Yep. You know, perfectly signed. You've got tags on the wall telling you what grade they are. Yeah. Uh, no, this, I mean, I always think of this place as, like, a prime exam- example of, like, a, like you know, like a terrain map, you know, where yeah. it shows all the terrain. It's so obvious when you look here, like, on a, it's just, you know, and, you know, I've hiked a lot of cliff line over the years here, and it's just, like, it's endless. Yeah. <laughs> it's endless. There is a lot of bad rock here also, just, but um, there's also, you know, good rock, so it just kind of... You have to hike a lot sometimes to find the good, but it is, you know, it's fun. It's it's an adventure, and there's still, you know, there's still so much out there, you know, and that's that's what's so cool about this area. It's it's uh, boundless, you know, and and it's not really always. It's not like restricted by uh, you know civilization always in in uh, or like you know national forests. There's just a lot of just cliff and. Yeah, you know, I just hiked some yesterday that I was just blown away. Like I've lived here my whole life, and I was like, man, I haven't seen this area. And this is an area you probably because uh, wouldn't want to just camp anywhere because there's a lot of private property that's just posted. Yeah, yeah, no, you don't want to <laughs> go on private property around here. You're here, I have a feeling you might get shot at. Yeah, you'll come out as a sieve. <laughs> uh-huh. So, which is why you know having this kind of place here at Miguel's Pizza is really yeah. handy because. Uh, well, yeah. it's a Because elsewhere, I mean, when we traveled in the Southwest, there's lots of BLM land. That yeah. You can just, but that's yeah. not private, so. No. Yeah. And especially, you know, climbing now is generally accepted. You know, like it's advertised and it's, you know, even in our state, people are familiar with it. You know, you have to imagine in the 90s, n- no one knew what rock climbing was or even knew that there was rock climbing at the gorge or... Or, and especially in this region, you know, we're a little a ripple behind, you know, a lot of things. And, it, you know, to people seeing a parking lot full of people from all over the country wearing spandex, you know, in 1990s with long hair, mm-hmm. they're not going to feel real comfortable in a lot of places. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Eating like granola, you yeah. know, like it, it was really against the grain. Uh, and it. And so, you know, this place kind of made them ha- feel like they had this kind of safe haven, you know, where yeah. they could just, you know, and they, they could sit around a fire and get slammed till two in the morning and wake up and bumble off to a crag and, 
you know, no one's going to say anything. And you just, that's your thing, man. You know, this is what you're here to yeah. do. Give us two bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how did the locals treat them? Like, how, what was their reaction at the time? <sighs> A bunch of crazy hippies. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but, you know, it's like one of those things. It's, it's been cool to watch, like, how, you know, I remember as a kid, people, like, you know, look, you know, even when I was in school, like looking at my, what my dad was trying to do at the time, even just take climbing out it just, uh, you know, this kind of ecotourism model uh, and just kind of looking down on it and kind of laughing like, you will never make money off those hippies. I don't got any money, you know, mm. you know, and, you know, it's funny now you know fast forward and now everyone's like oh we want to make money off these people you know <laughs> you know and it's just like you know it's come full circle um and you know you can be like ah you know bitter or something about it but it, it's cool to see people you know see what you've done and then go you know and not believe in it and then as you kind of prove them wrong and say mm-hmm. hey no this this does work and uh these people yeah maybe they're not coming here and Audis, well, now maybe they are, but <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot of nice cars in the <laughs> yeah. parking lot. Every every one of those camper vans is yeah, like eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> but back then, you know, it was Honda Civics with you know back seats folded down and mm-hmm. their legs hanging out the back. You know, so yep. it was uh, it was hard to see the end game. And I don't think we saw that. You know, I don't think we ever sat down and envisioned that we'd have all these buildings and you know come to the success you know it was just you know kind of go in every day do your work see what happens kind of attitude and it, it, i gotta uh, ask though like you've still got camping for three bucks a night yeah <laughs> and we're staying in one of your rooms yeah two queen size beds it's massive it's bigger than a hotel room for yeah. 50, 40 42 bucks a night yeah. like how do you make money uh, <laughs> without giving it all uh, away? the restaurant yeah, yeah. the beer <laughs> yeah. well i mean the, but the food's amazing yeah no it's not expensive i mean that's the goal right you know we wouldn't make money now if we weren't so busy right and you know it's kind of that that's how it works and i think we you know especially i've always fought for the campground to stay cheap because i think it is like it's like it's like you know you're not weeding people out you're giving everyone kind of this opportunity and then what they do with it is what they do with it if they come in and buy food and make dinner or go to the gear shop and buy gear that's awesome but they can come here and kind of have this experience without being like warded away with you know a financial reason you know Mm -hmm. and if we can make that work that's cool obviously if you can't make that work then you know you got to change it but yeah so for folks who haven't been down here like we're just sitting down what what would you call this area like the well we call this the people port (laughs) the people people port port. yeah so there's probably a good two dozen picnic tables here and people are eating they're making you know they got their camp food here so they've got their food you've got places for them to store their uh coolers um you make it amazing you've got laundry facilities you've got showers you got a zen room up top if you want to yeah, stretch yeah. like the lights are left on at night as a woman i felt very <laughs> secure yeah. at night going down to the bathroom yeah it's a communal bathroom um yeah yeah no it's 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 you know it's meant to be what what you just said you know it, it's supposed to be welcoming and, and and work for this type of lifestyle uh you know, it, we've had a lot of growing pains in the last year because w- our food has become popular, you know, s- statewide. And even like we got top 50 pl- 
pizza places in America, and then we got, nice. uh, yeah, Food and Wine did an article on us, and so now we're getting like this insurgence of like just real world people, you know, <laughs> like, uh, and so it's me, you know, and the tourism industry has boomed. Everyone wants to Instagram their way up Natural Bridge or something. So, um, you know, dealing with all that and still keeping this kind of climbing culture, which obviously doesn't make n- nearly as much money as hordes of tourists coming through the door, uh, and learning how to kind of embrace both of it and make mm-hmm. it work kind of unanimously um, as has been challenging but i think we're you know we expanded our restaurant and uh uh i think you know we have like 60 people that work here now it's insane 60 60 wow (laughs) and like yeah i think like you know 70 percent of them are rock climbers and it's you know back in the 90s i think we had one employee for like five years (laughs) and some of them live here too is most of them live here they do because you've got cabins you've and they camp here that or they're in their vans or they're renting a house somewhere or you know some of our long-term guys have actually some of the roger and some of the guys that have been with us from day one type wow you know since the kind of boom of this area um have bought homes and you know live here in the community now and uh yeah it's, it's been cool i mean we have health insurance. I mean, these are just, they, you know what I'm saying? These wow. are things that, you know, if you asked us 20 years ago, would be like, yeah, right. You know, like, are you crazy? You know, like, it literally is like, uh, you know, I mean, as I think for my father as, as an immigrant to this country, I mean, I think it it is, you know, the quintessential American dream. I mean, I, you know, I know that word comes up a lot, but it, I really, I mean... My, you know, my grandfather was a janitor in Connecticut. My dad was a janitor, you know, and to come here with nothing and, and work hard and, and blossom like this, I mean. And to make such a difference or yeah. be, be uh, a, a place where people, something just, you know, sparks them in a direction or makes a difference. Or, right. You know, yeah. or to make some really interesting connections. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. To give it's yeah, pretty cool. an opportunity for people to grow out of here, you know. Um, yeah, my dad's always like, yeah, you should qu- quit working here. Go do something with your life. I'm like, dad, <laughs> you, you can't make pizza forever. And, you know, he's right, you know, uh, but you can, you know, it's but he just he wants to see people succeed and, wor- you know, work hard. You know, if especially when you see somebody, you meet somebody that has a good work ethic, you know, that you know that, you know, the potential is there. You know, they mm-hmm. have that. Right. Yeah. You know, that's step one. Uh uh, and the rest follows, but yeah, we, you know, my, br- you know, my brother's now figuring it all out. You know, he went to college and got a business degree and the whole works and he's, you know, come back to the family business and, uh, you know, just my, you know, my parents had no, you know, no real training in running a business or a restaurant or a campground or, you know, it was, you know, learning as you go or, or as my grandpa coined, like half-assing it to make it work, you know, (laughs) it's just, you know, using a nail to keep a door closed, you know, it's just stuff like that, that we look back on and we were like, what we were thinking, but at that time it was just, you just learn, you know, Mm -hmm. the longer you do it. Yeah, because it it really is one of those things as somebody uh, who was here kind of in the, the, 
dirtbag phase, if you want to call it, when the, that's the only people that were coming here, um, to what it is now. Um, I, I'm not one of the ones who's like, oh, it was so much better in the old days. Right. Right. Because uh, quite honestly, like you've got like an amazing store here. Like yeah. Outside of the the you know, um, the restaurant. Yeah. The gear store is one of the best climbing yeah. gear shops I've been in. Yeah, yeah. Biggest shoe selection. Like, and and I'm talking, we've been into you know REIs all over the place. Yeah. Um, even better equipped than you know the Mountaineer yeah. in Keene Valley, like in the Adirondacks, and that before was like the best equipped store we'd ever been in. Right. Where it's just a little corner. Yeah. You know. When Winston works on an outdoor gear store. Yeah. Nice. He's speaking from that pr- angle. You know. You yeah. know. So it's it's one of the things. Like you've got. Um, a great restaurant, great hospitality sort of resort, if you want to right. call it, yeah. you know. And then you've got like a, a world class like climbing shop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and again, that's just you know that the climbing shop used to be in Miguel's. Yeah, uh, and we had everything, you know. And then when we started getting busy, it was just like somebody would be like. You know, I want a BLT in a size 34 Sportiva, and you're like, uh, meltdown. You know, <laughs> uh, can't do both of these. I'm gonna, you know, you're getting, bringing out a pair of greasy climbing shoes. So <laughs> we had to, and that's actually the basement of my, where my grandpa and grandma grew up. Uh, that was their house. Uh, that was a creepy basement as kids we wouldn't go into. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and yeah, again, that, you know, I, I remember when I was a kid, like, I remember we had a gear shop here back in the day. A friend of ours opened actually up in Miguel's, and it was a pretty thorough gear shop back then. And I forget the year, but he, uh, we got robbed. Somebody busted through Miguel's and just took everything. <laughs> this guy had taken out a loan to start his gear sh- shop and kind of broke him. And then, you know, we didn't have the money at that time to start up a gear shop. So kind of, I forget how many years, but there was no, like, way to buy gear we sold chalk and stuff and um i remember at that time i was i had set up an account i don't i think i was like 12 or 14 but i had set up an account with some omega pacific because they had like the super low end account startup it was two i think it was 200 dollars at that time and i i remember i bought 200 dollars worth of single carabiners and I would sell them on my backpack in the parking lot here. <laughs> the, single, the cheapest oval you could buy, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I did that. And I remember, like, by year three, I, you know, I, I was almost up to, like, 800 bucks of Omega gear. I was slinging out of, <laughs> out, of, out of the parking lot here. And it was awesome. You know, it was just as a kid, it was like, you know, this. Like, and then we opened, you know, and then we were like, man, maybe we we'll start. We start the restaurant started doing a little better and we started selling actual climbing gear, but it was funny. It was this little time where I was just slinging Omega gear. Yeah. yeah it's funny cause they're not around anymore. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. It's like somehow the climbing boom hit and Omega Pacific couldn't stay in business. <laughs> couldn't stay in business. Yeah. They never updated. The, yeah. You know, it's just like, yeah. Cause when, when you get all these other companies coming along that are like, R&D departments mm-hmm. and cool graphics. And yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, cartel members were making those in Mexico or something. <laughs> you know, it, we always heard rumors of how they got made, but who knows? <laughs> you know. But, yeah, like, it, it, it's one of these things that, that's so cool, though, because um, if you go, you know, to a lot of other uh, big climbing areas, um, they don't have, like, this infrastructure, this community. 
Right. Right. And and that's sort of one of the things like, you know, for for anybody that climbs, like that's one of the things that people need to experience because the climbing around here is amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and and it's endless. Right. Um, you know, and the infrastructure for it, like, uh, you know, and I, and I think part of the reason is that um, they really embraced, like, a lot of the developers in this area yeah. embrace sport climbing. Yeah. Because it's so much more accessible than trad climbing. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, because you'll run into the thing where everywhere, you know, it's stuff that's bolted to a modern standard, you know, bolts every five or six feet. Um you know, rings to lower off of or chains. Yeah. You know, it's just basically as safe as you could make rock climbing. Right. Um, yeah. And I mean, even, you know, back when Porter was doing it, you know, Porter is a very calculated, very exact type of guy. You know, he, he really is a perfectionist. Uh, so I think it kind of, he kind of started it off with this kind of like, it's got to be done right. You know, and everyone looked up followed that really looked up to you know his you know because all the great first lines were his you know mm-hmm. and it was just like it started this kind of standard that is only one up from there you know and, yeah and yeah it's been super cool you know and and i think it's a, one of the things too for people to know like they haven't been stingy with the gear <laughs> you know what i mean you know and then it, and, and and then it certainly doesn't help like you've got the Red River Gorge Climbers Coalition yep. um, that is the either owner or manager-ish of right. different areas, you know, yep. sort of negotiating for access and everything. Yeah. and But also maintaining the hardware. Right. Yeah, um, yeah they, they do some of the maintain. There's a fish, uh, fixed gear initiative mm-hmm. out of Ohio that does it too. Um, I don't. I don't know how much they actually do is maintaining it. They do more of that, and a lot of it is just like, you know, good people in the community yeah. that have bolted these lines that feel feel they have a responsibility to keep it up, you know. And uh, but yeah, it it's you know this community. You know, there's just so many facets of people now that contribute to this yeah. community. It's, it, it blows my mind, you know. And there's like there's even like whole different like groups of like people you know in general like that alone like there's these people and then there's groups of these people and you know and these are people that like call this home you know even that to me is so strange because back then it was just like one group of people and now there's like all these different like and it's just cool it's just like it's it's truly is it's just blossomed into this whole whole new thing well one of the the things too that that's really uh nice is that you know you go online you can do your waivers for all the places yeah you know um super organized yeah most of most of it's free climbing um like places like muir valley the climbing's free but you pay to park right so if you can fit 10 people in your car it's like a person (laughs) yeah um and you know yeah the accessibility is huge here yeah for sure um yeah because you were climbing the other day where'd you go i went to the bear's den Okay, where is that? Uh, it's like just left of the motherload. Oh, okay. Yeah, I um, yeah, I get out about once a week right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the problem of when you. you but know. I used to, I used to get out a ton, but it's just it's harder now. But still, and if you climb here long enough, you start running out. You know, like you always want to find something new. So yeah. it's, uh, but this place is good. People are always bolting stuff, so it makes it easy. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it just seems like I'm seeing rock, you know, when you're just driving down 11 or what have you. Yeah. And then you sort of check, and it's like, but well, that's not even Craig yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> no. no, it's, you know, it, it's, it's truly boundless. And, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's, uh, you know, I, I spent about five years developing down here and kind of just to do my part. And uh, it's, it's fun, you know. It's it's a really creative opportunity, and you go out and you know, f- you know, it's like looking for gold. You yeah. know, you're out there searching, and you think you find it, and then, yeah. And then when you do find something, you get really excited. And then sometimes you bolt in. It's not as cool as you thought it was. Sometimes <laughs> it's cooler. Yeah. You know, you just don't know. But yeah, it's fun. It's it's a fun process, you know. And it's cool. It's like every you know. So often there's new wave people that are excited to do it, you know, and mm. they go out. Because it's a lot of work, you know. It's like, ugh. Now I'm like, you bolted. I'll come climb it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, because that, that's the thing. Like, we've uh, uh, talked to Gus um, yeah. about that, you know, because he's developed so much of the stuff in Ontario. And I think most climbers don't realize what goes in to the development of routes. Yeah. Um, and it is so much work, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, from trundling any loose shit off, figuring the lines, might be hanging there on, on you know, like basically sky hooks <laughs> as you yeah. drill shit. Uh, you know, it the basically... leading up. Yeah. The yeah. approaches are 45 Bush minutes. whacking to the top. Yeah. yeah, it's... And usually you hear you're going to want to, you know, we'd always do it like either dead of winter or dead of summer because you don't want to be out actually rock climbing, you know? Yeah. So it was like that filler time, you know? But, uh, yeah, no, it's cool. It's The torch continues. I mean, there's tons of people still out bolting and developing. And, um, yeah, it's cool. It's the adventure, you know, to see that always recycling is fun, you know? Um, so as this area increases in popularity, I think you said this area was, like, number one for Airbnb, Airbnbs. Yeah. In all of the U.S.? Yeah, um, crazy. What do you, what contribution do you hope people coming to this area can offer to help shape it in a positive direction versus becoming Branson. engulfed? <laughs> yeah. Ransacked or <laughs> by yeah, corporate I'm, America? I mean, I don't know. I think, I think if people stay true to like kind of supporting like the small business idea, I think that that's always helpful and i think um uh you know as the area grows you know as a customer here it's hard to see the negatives because now you're going to have so many more places that you can rent that are closer to where you want to be you know better price points um so it's hard to like look at it on that way but i think um you know as it grows i don't know it's just you know, contribute locally if you can help out, like on trail days and that kind of stuff that mm-hmm. really do give back to the community if you're here, you know, mm-hmm. for a longer period of time or donate to things that are promoting the area. I think that's super helpful. Uh, you know, I think this this area is kind of going to go through some growing pains, um, at you know, because we're in this big spurt of growth, you know, and as that happens, it's going to take a while kind of for everything to settle back to normal, you yeah. know, even if that growth continues. So, I, you know, I, I, I don't think anyone has the answer right now. You know, it's just kind of hold on and see what happens. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, and on the climbing end, you know, I think, you know, just 
risk realize, you know, hey, man, you're not the only one that comes here. And, you know, be cur- courteous, you know. When you're on 11, psyched to go to the crag, don't ride the ass of that local guide taking his time down the road. You know, no. he lives here, you know. It's like respect to be, you know. My dad's always preached you have to, you know, to respect the people that, you know, this is their home. You know, mm-hmm. We lived here for 38 years, but, you know, this, you know, we're new still to here. And, you know, respecting the people that live here and, you know, go into the gross, you know, go to the gas station, you know, be polite, ask them how they're doing, you know, uh, treat this place like it is your home. And I think I, I, I don't think people realize not only how far that goes, but how that re- even reflects on us, you know, yeah. you know, if you have some asshole coming into the gas station being a prick, you know, because it smells like cigarettes or something in there, you know, it's just like, it makes us look bad because mm-hmm. we, you know, it represents all of us here that live here that, you know, represent as this kind of new wave of climbers and outdoor people that are moving here. You know, if, if you come into the area and, and you, you are welcoming and you, you leave this area as, as, you know, being polite, being mm-hmm. nice, appreciating the people that live here, appreciating these people that lived here their whole lives and their families' lives, and now they're waiting in traffic, you know, enslaved because we're all here. You know, yeah. it's just like take yourself back a little yeah. bit and go, okay, you know, I'm the invasive species kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. You know, <laughs> and it, I mean it's true. You know, I think if if we go at it with that mindset, you know, at least we'll make the transition of this the change easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because I think that's one of the things where a lot of outdoors people, uh, you know, are coming from cities. Right. Right. You know, so it's just understanding that the outdoors that we want tends to be in tiny areas where, uh, you know, life operates slower. Yeah. That's why we live here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, and and it is. It's kind of like a a, almost like this push and pull because, um, you know. The locals want, you know, they need to make a living, right? Any of the small businesses need people to come to them. Right. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to turn it into, like, Niagara Falls. Yeah. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There's plenty, of, there's plenty of examples of what we don't want it to be. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, but, again, you know, in our shoes, you know, we've never really planned for what it would be, you know? So it's kind of like... I don't know. It's just an adventure. <laughs> Let's see. It's an adventure. You just kind of go, you know, where will it take us? I don't I don't know. Yeah, because, and, and that's got to be, like, you know, because you've been here your whole life. Yeah. That's got to be really exciting, you know, just sort of to see it just sort of organically, like, you keep putting new stuff in because there's a demand for it. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, yeah. For, yeah, it, for sure. We've always just you know seeing the op you know as the opportunity presents fill fill the need you know kind of attitude about it no not we've never literally projected or you know those kind of things where you're like uh something you would learn in business school you know like well there's you know in 10 years we'll you know we'll be here type thing it was just kind of a go with it kind of attitude um but it's worked so far i guess yeah like <laughs> you know it, it just makes me happy just to sort of see you know, this little place that was friendly to climbers. Yeah. Um, you know, see, in a sense, get rewarded for it. You yeah. know? Um, and it, it, to the point where, it, you know, it's one of those things where it's like it's an institution. Yeah. 
Yep. You know. <laughs> no, it, it. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 mind blowing how larger in life this thing has come to even just our family you know it's mm-hmm. like i can go anywhere and especially the state or in the climbing world and people are familiar with like this place and then yeah. you know that's just like what <laughs> yeah but i think what i'm hearing and feeling and experiencing while i'm here um this place is a bit about values yeah, yeah. you know um how you treat people and just what matters to you and you know just I don't know. That's what I'm feeling it a little bit. Yeah. And so I, it's hard to forget that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's a good thing. Hard to forget. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's the thing. It's like having a place where it's not that you're tolerated, but that you're welcome. Right. You know, and as climbers, like there's so many places where at best we're tolerated. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. That's true. Whereas literally the, the, the camp four is a prime. The yeah. first thing comes on my mind, you know, we, Miguel's for years when people would come here, you know, because climbers travel everywhere, right? And they'd be like, yeah, you know, we were, it was published eventually that this was like the Camp 4 of the East, you know? So I grew up, you know, being like, oh, Camp 4 is like Miguel's. And then the first time I went to Camp 4, I was like, this is not like (laughs) I I don't know Camp 4. Where is that? Yosemite. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you wait, like, over you, I mean, we had to get up at 2 in the morning and and wait in line uh, to get a campsite. And then you just wait in line at two in the morning mm. and then she opens at eight and then I actually it was like third person up and then they, oh, no campsite, sorry. Shit. And then you go back and then you have a two, two week minimum or maximum that you can stay there and it's just a super like stressful, like limited, limited in which I get because it probably got overrun, but it was just like. I was like, this is not like Miguel's at all. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it's not easy going. Once in. you're in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but, but yeah, like, I, and I think that's the thing, because like, I know Yoakum's is trying to do a little bit of this at Seneca Rocks, but they'll never have the attraction just because. Right. It's, it's so small. It, well, it's all sketchy trad climbing too. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, down in the Moon River Gorge. Yeah, there's it, a place there. There used to be Rogers. There used to be a place there that was kind of like Miguel's much smaller but he gave it up yeah uh yeah there i mean i think as people see you know as climbing grows i think more places like this will develop you know throughout the country yeah but it'll it'll be somebody going into it going oh there's business here right yeah like i i think that's the thing that sets this apart from anybody who kind of jumps on the bandwagon seeing a business opportunity right is that this grew with climbing yeah oh 100 percent right You know, yeah. it, it, like really, like. But it was a sense of the values of your family that weren't to make a huge corporate dollar, right? Well, and, I, and you still w- want to encourage and welcome people, right? You know, at that time, it was like, you know, the reality is, my parents, you know, they're they're you know they're always trying to make a living and you know they work hard to make money, but it was just one of those things. It was like. Uh, at the time, you know, my parents, they've always just, you know, my, even to this day, we're very successful now. My parents live a very, you know, a very simple, you know, poor life almost compared. Their life is really no different than the same. They live in the same house my dad built in the 80s, and it's... You know, they they've just always lived like personally. They're they're busy. 
business has always been the wealthiest part of my family, right? Everything's always went back to the business. Mm. Uh, my parents, you know, you know, they probably live on, you know, 25 grand a year. I mean, they literally just, it's, it's never, they're not materialistic people. They're, you know, we are always pushing to be more because we're like, God, enjoy life. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> my dad's finally retiring now. And like, he, he wants to get into fishing. He just got a boat and he's like, it's, the, probably the only thing I've known he's ever bought for himself in his life. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, dude, come on, man. You know, but you know, they've always lived, you know, like, you know, it wasn't about, you know, so many people open businesses and, and it's about what's in their bank account. It was never that here. It was what's in the business's bank account and what do we need to get by? And other than that, it didn't matter. You know, it's just, and and every year, you know, we've made a little more money. It's went directly back into the place. It shows. And, yeah. and that's, and I think that's, that's the, you know, that's what has made it work for so many years is that it's always reinvesting in itself, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that, and that's the only way you kind of keep up with growth. You know, you're always reinvesting in yourself. Um, you know, we've, we've never stepped that if there is one thing that we've always focused on, it was, de- that would definitely be it for sure. So today is Thursday, mm-hmm. um, and which means opening night or not opening night, but your restaurant's opening uh, tonight. Yeah. So that's what I'm alluding to. <laughs> yeah, that's because that's where we're going for dinner tonight. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the the family's kind of expanded. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So so tell us about your restaurant. So <laughs> my. Uh, a few years ago, I was uh, my brother was coming back from college to work here full time, um, and you know I we kind of saw this opportunity where he could kind of you know I was working here full time at that time, uh, and we saw this opportunity where if he kind of filled my shoes, I could kind of do something else, you know. Uh, and I, I've always really enjoyed cooking, uh, and I always kind of had this vision of like something a little different in this area i felt like it needed something uh just with a different feel to it um and uh you know i was like man i wonder if i could do this kind of thing and then this property came available with this old barn on it and i was like man i could gut this thing and make this kind of this cool restaurant you know and my you know my dad is an artist and like we've all we all kind of have this different weird creative gene and it kind of plays out differently in all of us uh and so creation is really something that we all enjoy and desire and like making something and having that vision and you know that that's the fun part of it you know like coming up with something and seeing if it works type thing and um you know i presented and i was like all right see if i can do it uh one of my good friends was like hey I'll, i'll i'll help you out let's make this happen um and uh yeah and then it was just like COVID hit and permits it was a long drawn out process to where the reality actually came to um but yeah now it's uh we're almost a year in um doing really good um the uh you know and it up there it's a little different I've trying a little different concept it's kind of like you know we're going for a fancier experience but we're also like paying a lot more for the staff um which in this area is you know it's you know waiters make like 225 an hour or something here we're you know we're 
paying them eight dollars an hour wow. plus tips. So like this kind of weird concept for the area to see if it works. I don't know if it will work yet. Um, and uh, and you know just trying to do it's just simple good food with uh, fancy cocktails. I mean that's kind of the the simple way to do it. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. You know, it's it's a different avenue of of making you know this more like defined food rather than Miguel's where we have you know we've defined what we do in there and and we've really you know we've needed that down to like the perfect combination and it works and mm. we know it works and the hardest part about Miguel's is just continuing to make it work right up there it's been more like just discovering what works and uh, um, you know and it's a huge learning process for me because I, you know, I've worked in a restaurant my whole life, but it's been really one-dimensional. Miguel's is, and up there, it's like, you know, you know, waiters and you know the whole process of people sitting down and wanting service. You know, right. all the things that you really don't deal with here. Uh, which honestly, you know, I have a little experience in, but not a ton. So it's just been like one of those things, you know, kind of learn as you go and. Yeah. Uh, you know, work 60 hours a week and just yeah. see what happens. <laughs> I don't even know if we, did we say the name of the place? It's Red Point Barbecue. There you go. Yeah. And as we've been, Rita from the uh, hospitality center told us, you might, you get on the road and you're unsure if you're there yet, but just keep going. <laughs> yeah. And you, you'll see, I mean, it was. It, but people, the sign's out there because we pe- saw it. People oh, really right. told me that I was a bit crazy for opening this restaurant because one right here around Miguel's, you know, we have a lot of property here. I could have done it here. Um, uh, and this is kind of the main drag, right? Uh, but the whole concept of that place was like, Hey, let's open this restaurant. Kind of, kind of like Miguel's did back in the day. Let's open it out in the middle of nowhere. Let's offer a good product. And I think people will come, you know, like, and they'll, and what will make it cool is that you are you do feel like you're in the middle of nowhere right that that is a a feeling like 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 that's that is experience in itself you know Mm -hmm. that you you know so many reviews are off the beaten path hidden gem you know these things where like you're unsure you think you're lost Mm -hmm. then you come into this place you're like oh wow this is cool like that whole mindset that goes into it makes it memorable you know like and i think you know that you know just like you see all these chain restaurants like using barn wood and you know like all yeah. this stuff that now has become you know all us make this place look old right? yeah. because people like going into these old family run down restaurants because it makes them feel a certain way you know now they try to replica that you know it's just like just creating experience and that was the goal We'll yeah, because it it, it, it's kind of cool because like, we drove past um, when we were going out climbing the other day. And it's off 11. Like 11 the main drag down the valley, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and you sort of like you feel like you're going up into hill country. Oh, yeah. yeah right. Yeah, uh, you know. Oh, wait till you, drive, you, drive, you like drive through a cemetery. I mean, it's it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We saw goats on the road. Dogs. Yeah. I almost drove. I'm like, holy shit. Turkeys, dogs. deers. <laughs> well, you, it was, it, yeah, because when we were going to Miller Fork yesterday. Yeah. Um, we went too far. Yeah, went a little bit too far. And, like, we're on a paved road, and there's, like, goats lying down in the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And then there's a dog sleeping on the road. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's like, Catherine's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, having to steer around 
goats hey. that don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like they just look at you like, uh, I ain't moving. I've been here longer <laughs> than you, buddy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know. No, and Mill, you know, Miller Fork for, yeah, I bolted us some routes in Miller Fork. And, you know, when we first started going down there, that was like, that was one of the rougher areas in the area. I, mean, I wondered. Like, super sketch kind of. You don't, I mean, I could go on for hours on stories of things I've, you know, it really rough zone. Um, and, you know, it's crazy just to, with the introduction of climbing and all that down there. Now there's, now there's a parking lot of people and it's kind of changed the whole atmosphere down there, you know. Uh, even it's, in, you know, I mean, it's literally in the middle of nowhere, you know. Yeah. Yeah. On Hell Creek, as they call it down yeah, there. Yeah. Hell yeah. Creek Road. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But that's it is. It's kind of funny because you know you've got the the big expressway just north of us. Um, you know, Eleven's like a modern twisty turny because of the valley it's going down. And but then you get into like just get off of these roads a little bit, and you are like on like even the paved ones are like a lane and a half wide. Yeah, there yeah. better not be anybody coming the other way. <laughs> Yeah. Well, fast, yeah, yeah, and that goes back to like you know when you come here, you know the the you know local people are just used to that. They don't drive fast on these roads. Yeah. They, you know they know everyone that goes down the road. You pull off the side road, let your neighbor go by. You know that yeah. kind of like this place wasn't. You know this isn't a Las Vegas where it was built for thousands. You know it's just like <laughs> it. It's a one lane road because. Ten people live on that route, you know. Yeah. Like it's like, <laughs> you know. It's just, but it, it is it, uh, the one thing. Like, I'm a cyclist in addition to being a climber. Yeah. And I just wish, like, at some of those little roads. Yeah. Um, because you get like, there's not enough room for cars to pass, let alone you know, uh, somebody being on there on a bike. Yeah. But man, they would be so much fun to ride. Yeah, I know a lot of people ride. Like the Gorge Loop, obviously, is a great one. And uh, yeah, but yeah. I I used to run a lot on these roads, and it's like, yeah, you gotta be, you can get whacked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, in this area, you almost want to be a trail runner. Yeah, there's lots yeah. of trails. There are lots of great trails for yeah. sure. Yeah, you it's know, beautiful for that. Um, yeah, the road running is a that, or you get like an L eight to the back of the to the back, like run forest. Yeah, <laughs> got, that. got that a few times. <laughs> get it. You know, it's funny, but it, but it, it's kind of an interesting thing too that you'll run into in this area because. I remember it being like you know much poorer mm-hmm. um, than it is now. Oh, and now, yeah. now you're seeing sort of that kind of mix of you'll still see you know yep. um, you know mobile homes up on cinder yeah. blocks, and then directly across the street is like something beautiful built. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're seeing sort of like more. Yeah, and I mean it, that's obviously a double-edged sword. You know, that's we've insane. we've. I've been on some boards lately and, you know, we've pushed for that kind of like, how do we, how do you tackle that problem? You know, cause this place is blowing up. Everyone wants a cabin here. Everyone wants a lot. Every climber wants, you know, wants kind of their piece of the pie at the gorge type thing. And, you know, how do you, how do you tackle that and, and not push the local people out? Right. You know, mm-hmm. cause that, that will happen. I mean, there's just no way around it, you know, and tax rates go up. I mean, there's just, I'm not a politician, but I just, it's obvious that <laughs> I know how all this stuff works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't, I don't, I don't know what the solution is. I don't know if the people in our community that have the power to change these things will do, 
what they'll do about it. I mean, I know a lot of community members of voice that we need to do something that uh, protects the people, you know, that, you know, the, you know, you can call them native people, you know, <laughs> the people that lived here generations and generations, you know, even, uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not the one to answer that question, but I, I know it's, it's an issue and, um, it will need to be dealt with, you know, it's because when they're talking about protecting the people, is that the idea of just being able to live, continue living here right. and yeah. afford in an affordable to be. way. Right, yeah. So can people pretty much, if you have lots, um, are there strict requirements about buildings on those lots? Because a lot of people hopefully have, it seems like they have quite a bit of land. Right. No, there's no requirements. I mean, it's kind of a free-for-all here on yeah. what you do, which as people that live here like, right? Because, <laughs> you know, the reason a lot of people moved to Kentucky over the years, it, it, you know, it was this kind of wild west of... You know, uh, you know, I'm going to buy this property. I'm going to do what I want. And I'm going to live the way I want. And, I, you know, what you think is fine, but it doesn't have to matter to me kind of attitude. And I really appreciate that. I think that is a beautiful thing. Uh, um, and people obviously are going to, you know, if an area starts growing and people come in and want to say how the place should be, mm-hmm. if you've been here a long time, you're going, wait a minute. I've been fine. I've been fine way before you got here. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what are you, <laughs> why are you telling me, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I understand. Why should I accommodate you? Right. Why should I right? accommodate you? Right. And so, you know, I don't, these are all things that need to be discussed and figured out. I don't, you know, it's, it's a hard one. It's, mm. it's. I mean, there's something, what's attracting people to this this area, I think, has a lot to do with the experience, the outdoors, the way of life, right? Right. And people can find those common values, going back to that, to what you've created, you know, what attracts people here in Miguel's, right? Right. To this yeah. community, and how can people protect that and be aware of what their impact is? Yeah, you know, and there's been proposals, you know, like, you know, for, you know, especially on, like, property tax, that's a big one, you know, like, maybe... Mm-hmm you know, some type of protection that protects people until they sell their property, you know, like if you want to stay there, so you're, you don't, the inflation of property tax doesn't push you out type thing. But, you know, like, you know, I don't, uh, you know, that change, who knows how that'll happen. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I try not to get in politics and just make food. (laughs) Well, I think, yeah. I mean, if you Mm -hmm. buy property, it's for you, not for you to rent out to other people who really don't have that connection to the right area. yeah i think that yeah make a difference but but then you know knows? obviously that's not what other people do and if this is the airbnb capital <laughs> oh i mean it's it's yeah it is blowing up i mean people are buying land cash unseen cabins cash unseen i mean it's it's really uh you know in whole you know I know it is a big concern with the whole Airbnb thing, but I think hopefully this area will just implode really quick, right? And then kind of the cream will rise to the top, and then all the places that are closest to the destinations and honestly do the best job mm-hmm. will kind of rise to the top, and then maybe it will be oversaturated, and the people that aren't making an Airbnb will revert back to, like, monthly rentals, and, you know, and then that will kind of fill that void of people mm-hmm. that live here, you know? Yeah. But... I think the the train's rolling right now pretty fast, so I don't. <laughs> so for people visiting, listening to this, and visiting the area, ways that they can make more of a conscious impact here. You talked about trail days. Yeah, yeah. D- uh, and just like community uh, events, anything. I mean, that you could do that is gonna help the area, uh, and and like a, the small stuff, just being 
courteous to the people that are here, you know. Mm -hmm. I think that's huge, you know. Obviously, if the influx of money here is great for the businesses that are here, you mm -hmm. know, and, you know, go into these businesses, shop around, buy a stupid craft you don't need, you know, like yeah. stuff like that, you know, like all that stuff, you know, it does help, you know, it's, if you come here and just, you know, don't spend money, you know, spending money is, you know, full circle, you got to do it, you know, mm. it helps everyone, so... And yeah, just I—I I mean, the smallest step would just be, you know, courteous. I think that's—I yeah. think that goes a long ways. You know, don't don't be the don't be that guy that we don't like. You know, mm. just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And God forbid, don't be the person that judges. You know, it's just like, come on, man, <laughs> you're on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> well, because and I think it's one of those things. Like, if you're gonna go into an area, you know, that you don't live in. Yeah. Um, treat it like you're visiting somebody's home because you are. Right. Yeah, yeah you are living, you know, and be psyched about it. And, you know, um, and I think that that goes a long ways, you know. Well, and the fact is, if you're going, you know, on a trip, the the idea that things aren't like they are at home, <laughs> that's exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes that's just better for you to keep um, document with your eyes and not your camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Do you know it, what I mean? Yeah, I know. If it isn't like your home, that you know, that's that's fine too. You know, it, yeah, you, yeah, that attitude, yeah, for sure. But just be respectful, because I can right. see people stopping to take pictures of things that are really different. Yeah, and I'm being disrespectful. Yeah, no. But you know. on that note, I know you've got a thousand and one things to do today. <laughs> yeah, because you, you got a restaurant to open <laughs> in a few hours. Four o'clock. Yeah, I still got to run the Kroger's and uh, you know. But we oh. want to thank you for taking us no, in a on a dime and or on a last minute. minute yeah. Yeah. You Gosh. Know. I could sit here and talk for hours, but um, <laughs> we go all down all kinds of wormholes of this place. But uh, Yeah, but it, it, it is. It's one of those things, like I said, like that people, you know, listeners, if you haven't been, if you rock climb, um, you must come. Because if you're in the Toronto area, it's a nine-hour drive. Right. Um, uh you know, it, it's one of those things. Like, you obviously have a long history with Canadians coming and yeah, visiting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, for the ones that, you know, because there's always new climbers coming along, um, this is one of those places you should make the pilgrimage to. Um, and, it, and it's super, you know, the beauty about the growth of this area is that it is super uh, obtainable to every type of kind of setup. You know, you can literally come here now with your you know you're one year old and you're three year old and hell your parents if you want to and you can rent a cabin and yeah. you can kind of do it plush and not have to like super <laughs> you know you know rough it kind of attitude which again that makes it more obtainable to other people you know like let's say you know you got that kid and you're not gonna want to camp you know mm -hmm. and so that 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 is cool about this area that it has become like or maybe the weather looks bad and you still want to go, you know, but you don't want to be in a tent type thing. You know, there's just so many avenues that make this place good, you know. Yeah. And and then for those of you who, uh, whether out of financial necessity or, you know, the nostalgia of roughing it, yeah. um, uh, it's three bucks a night to camp. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, all the people, and I think yeah. that's sort of one of the, the biggest things is, the people from the staff here oh, yeah. um, are awesome. Um, the food is amazing. Like, 
you know, it, it, it's one of those. They were having a party yesterday, the other day in the uh, kitchen. <laughs> yeah. I, I noticed how, how come, you know what, there's music in the kitchen. Yeah. They're having a good time. Yeah. And it's usually the other way around. And I'm like, I like that, actually. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> it's no music out here. It's in there. Yeah. We can hear from a distance. That's yeah. awesome. They're all like, you know. And uh, singing along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was good. You've created something there. Yeah. No, the, the, the kitchen, we have a great kitchen. We have a great crew. And, you know, they they really do make great food. It's everything you know everything you order and there is down to the weirdest stuff that you would not imagine uh we make in-house you know from we chicken you know it's it's not we don't cut any corners you know we order chicken in we season it we bake it we slice it that goes on a pizza you know normally that comes in a bag and you yeah. put it on a pizza I you like know that. yeah so it, it we take a lot of you know steps you know all our bread's made next door we have a little bakery uh, all our tomato sauce we make over there also. All our cheese we grind fresh in there. So it's like we don't cut any corners on it, and I think that, that goes a long ways. Yeah, because, yeah, like, uh, quite honestly, when it comes to the pizza, you guys have, like, a thousand million topping options yeah, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, but you run into the thing. Like, Do you have, like a like, a brick, like, oven or? Well, I can show you guys our oven, but it's... We actually updated our oven when we did, when I built this addition here, and that uh, we traveled all over the country looking for a pizza oven because originally we had these just deck stone ovens when yeah. we had six of them, and back then we didn't have like proper ventilation or AC. So I mean, me and Roger and this other guy, you would sit there on a Saturday weekend, you know, and you know I think at that time we could hold thirty pizzas at once between all the ovens. But it would be like 110 degrees in front of the oven. You know, you're just sitting there just drenching and just pounding water the whole shift. I mean, it got so bad through the summers that our shirts, if you wore a black shirt, they would be almost white because the salt would condense wow. on the exterior yeah. of your shirt because you sweated so much. So... We were realizing <laughs> that was a that, sign. Yeah, like Jesus, what are we doing then you're to ourselves? Popping electrolytes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, this is harsh, you know. So we we flew, to, we actually flew to Vegas. We flew all over the country looking for like an oven, you know, because it was really hard. We were super picky. We were flying, we were flying dough and airplanes <laughs> and the whole gauntlet trying to find like what would be like a comparable oven. We found in Chicago what. It's kind of an outdated oven, but it was huge back in the 50s, but for pizzas. And then it kind of, the the footprint of restaurants had to get smaller. So th- that's when deck ovens kind of became more popular. And then recently conveyor ovens. But the oven that we bought is actually big in the bagel industry now. Mm. And it's a conveyor or it's a rotating um, stone oven. So it has like these big decks that run on these big wheels and it like rotisserie mm. styles around but it's gas fired so it's pretty much this giant insulated room <laughs> with these huge stones on it that rotate around and i think that oven currently holds 54 pizzas and wow. then we have another two deck ovens that we turn on that we're busy that hold another 12 so on a Saturday night, we're you know we're cooking at one point you know fifty to sixty pizzas at once. It's, oh my gosh! It's pretty. I mean, it's that kitchen is like it's a, it's its own world. You know, it's a it's a machine for sure. Um, and so then, but that puts off no heat. Um, so it's nice. a whole different world. You know, 
Yeah, I'd so, love to see that. So Darrow gets to dress nice again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I know. We get all nice in our kitchen and I stop working in there. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, some of the guys, Roger and Adam, some of those guys still, you know, they worked in the, uh, you know, the storage shed kitchen that we used to have. And <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a whole different world now. You know, but yeah, so for listeners, um, if you haven't made your pilgrimage um, down to Miguel's uh, to climb in the red, um, you should. Uh, super friendly people, amazing food, mm. all the accommodation options in the world. And when you want to take a rest day from climbing, you've got cave tours and natural arches and, yeah. you know, all of the things. Slacklining here, just chill <laughs> yeah. out, play yeah. volleyball, yeah. basketball. Well, yeah, because that's the thing, too. Just here alone, forgetting stuff in the surrounding area, yeah. you've got your beach volleyball court, yeah. your basketball court. Yeah. Um, and who did you learn to play basketball from? Uh, well, one of the first free fills would be Sonny Trotter, a Canadian the guy, guy. <laughs> yeah, who's like one of the best climbers Canada's ever produced. <laughs> yeah, no, good dude, and uh, yeah, he was just another kind of guy that would show up from Canada and spend spend a season here, and uh, uh, you know, just as a kid, you know, just an, you know another person you meet, and you're like, oh man, this guy's cool, and he teach you basketball, and yeah, it's it's crazy how it all plays out. Yeah, you know, and basically, you've got the foosball. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like, they yeah. really, like, the, the place is, for climbers, it's a resort. Yeah, yeah. Um, really. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, the, the thing I was joking about with some guys last night, all um, they need uh, is a, uh, uh, like, a climber's Tinder app, <laughs> right? And you just set your, your radius for, like, one kilometer, yeah. and you know that they're in Miguel somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah. So I'm all for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole. Like, see, there's a there's the next business for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get, get a developer t- on board. Hey, you, I think back in the day, the climbers Tinder would be the was the campfire. You yeah, know? it was like yeah. y'all went to the campfire, and then it was just like last man standing. You know, do you have a campfire like, now? Yeah, we where do is over, it? It's just over here. But is it? Do you we, like they it? had a campfire the other night. You know, oh, okay. The campfire at Miguel's for most of my life was like the heartbeat of this place, you yeah. know, from our, you know, to us coming down here at two in the morning saying, go to bed, putting the fire out type thing. Uh, you know, and it was the light, but you know, if you came here, you showed up, you came to the campfire, you mm-hmm. said hi to everyone, you went along your way or you had some drinks and, and then the minute internet rolled into town, <laughs> mm. the campfires, uh, slowly faded. I mean, we still have campfire, but it's just like, you know, people get on their laptop watch a movie or mm. you know it, it really did change uh the whole atmosphere of this place as soon as internet it's crazy you know mm. it's, it's just wild uh, uh this place has got a lot more calmer relaxed and people can actually go to bed because yeah. <laughs> you know people are up <laughs> around campfire drink until two in the morning but yeah, you yeah. know that old school kind of you know drink around a campfire get up hung over and Go, go do your project was is uh you know it's not like as strong as it used to be which is fine you know it's just a different era mm. but uh yeah back in the day it was definitely that was i spent you spend many of nights waiting for waiting for the last man to walk out so the girl will go to bed with you kind of deal <laughs> 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 so everybody on that note 
I'm gonna say thank you for for giving us your time. We'll it's see you pleasure. tonight for dinner. <laughs> yep, I'll be yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll uh, figure out what the uh, uh, the not all barbecue at the barbecue place. Yeah, that's and how you tongue explain. Twister. It. Yeah, yeah. We'll get um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so everybody remember work hard, play dirty, and uh, make sure you come down to the Red River Gorge and visit Miguel's. Awesome.